UMGoBlue.com. By fans, for fans, since 1999. Hello, welcome to this edition of the UMGoBlue.com podcast. This is Phil Callahan along with... Andy Anderson. And we're here to discuss Michigan's opening season defeat by the hands of the Notre Dame Fighting Irish by a score of 24-17. to Well, Andy, what did you think about that one? I don't know when I've been more disappointed. Nothing seemed, the things that we thought, the things that we thought they would play very well at, like defense and offensive line improvement, weren't obvious. They didn't, uh, they couldn't run a football. They couldn't stop the sacks. They couldn't stop the TFLs. Their quarterback got hit and once threw an interception and once threw, uh, once dropped the ball late in the game at critical times. Uh, the play calling seemed moribund again. Uh, they kept wanting to run on every first down. It got so you knew they were going to run on first down. Just a whole litany of things. Very little improvements, very, very little to shout about this time. And it was one of the most disappointing games that I've seen in years. Because this time, I really believed that they would do better. And I really expected more. It wasn't there. Well, I have to say, uh, you know, I went to the game and I, and I know you watched it. Being there, it was extremely disappointing. You know, you're all excited for the for the season to begin, and to to be two touchdowns down right out of the gate. Um, and again, it, it, it's interesting because it's one of those. You know, you know, Andy, I'm a big believer in the score as the score. You know, there's no deserve better or deserve to win or lose. You have what the score is. So when you look at the score. That's right. When you look at the score and you say 24 to 17, and you know with the ball in your hands, with with time running out and a chance to tie, well, that's not that bad. And and I'll tell you, if you look at the stats, surprisingly, Michigan actually outgained Ohio State, 307 yards to 302. So you look at it, and, and I think you know years from now, if somebody were to look at the stat line and look at the score. You would think that it was a closer game than than it felt like, and being there, it did not feel like it was a it was a tight game. Um, it really felt like you know Michigan got shellacked right out of the gate. And when you think about that, you know one of the touchdowns was that awesome kickoff return. Uh, but you know there there are two points in the game that I really felt. It, it just hinged and pivoted in a really bad way. First, you know, in the first half, you know, Michigan has them, uh, you know, in the shadow of their own end zone, third and long, and, uh, you know, they complete the pass, and there's the, the targeting penalty on Josh Metellus. And so you go from, oh, okay, the defense is going to, you know, stuff them and, and hopefully win the, the field position battle to, you know, that they make a nice long completion and you lose one of your one of your best players on defense. And it, it just seemed like that really took the air out of things. And, of course, Notre Dame goes down and, and, and scores. So, but the most disappointing thing for me was, you know, you come out of halftime, 
And it really looked like, you know, between the long kickoff return and the nice drive, that we see, we, had, we were seeing something we hadn't seen in years, that a Michigan team was made, had gone into halftime and made halftime adjustments and actually fixed some things. And then they just fell right, right apart again. So I was I was really disappointed. Um, as you mentioned, the offensive line seems to be um, still still has some serious issues. Um, I, I'll tell you, if, you know, the thing too is that you know Shea Patterson's maybe a new starter for us, but he's not you know he's not an inexperienced player. So to see him under fire because of the offensive line the way it was. Um, and again, it was shocking to see our defense kind of manhandled there. So again, uh, it, it's a it's a real bummer of a way to start the season. You know, and we've mentioned this before, Andy. You know, it's not just the loss; it's the way it happened. You know, you could play a great game and and come up short, but sure. Michigan did not play play really great. I mean, so looking at this. What what positives did you take out of this game? Um, and we, we beat the the bad things to death. I mean, what, what positive things did you see? Uh, what things uh, can they build on moving forward to try to you know get things right by by the beginning beginning of the Big Ten season? Believe it or not, I was a little bit buoyed up by uh, Shea Patterson's performance. In some ways, he did very very well. He seemed determined. He seemed to be poised at times. He had a, an escape or two that was remarkable. But the big disappointment about him was at the end of the game where you expected that perhaps they could move in there and tie the score, take it to overtime, or win it with a two. They, didn't, they couldn't do it. They couldn't handle it again. And most of the woes go back to the fact that they couldn't run the ball. This is a team that if it runs the ball, it can use play action and play better football. And they couldn't run the ball. The, the running game was anemic the whole game. It wasn't good. It wasn't even better than last year's standard. The offensive line didn't look better than last year's. But you asked me to stay positive, and that's hard to do in this case. Well, okay, uh, I, I, I didn't say you had to be positive. I said... Can you find something positive to in the game? I mean, well, I, I did. I, got, I, I think there's depth, too. Uh, McCaffrey uh, was in there because Peters, Peters had a sore leg, an injury, and uh, he looked very good. He was poised. His passes looked on target. But all, he, but all that being true, one touchdown, one offensive touchdown, during a game, it's not acceptable for the amount of talent that those people have on defense. I don't know why they're at this point this year. Other thing was, I wondered about the defense uh, started, uh, in the first, why they didn't blitz more in the first half. They seemed to save that for the second half. And I predicted they would be stronger than they were in the first half in the second. But they let that, that third touchdown in, and they got it to 21. And that's a pretty pretty big uh, gap to, 
leap. Like I said, I don't know when I've been more disappointed in, a, in the outcome of a football game because I thought if Michigan didn't win, they would make a game of it, and they didn't, and that's damn disappointing. You know, it was interesting. Um, as I was leaving the stadium yesterday, um, and, and, you know, I've talked about this before. Notre Dame is a really good place to see a game. You know, it's, it's, a, it's a nice venue. Uh, the people are generally well-behaved. Um, you know, and again, I'm sure that there are anecdotes of, of trouble, but my experience has been very positive down there. So as I was leaving, um, ran into, uh, got into a discussion with a Notre Dame uh, family, I guess, you know, a whole crew who were parked near us. And, uh, you know, they said, hey, be careful driving home. We understand what it's like to have a long drive after a loss. And we just started, you know, having an exchange. And, you know, he said, you know, the, the Notre Dame fans said, you know, the thing about you guys the last couple years is, you know, once we get up, there's nobody we fear on your offense anymore. You know, and it was funny. Uh, it's interesting when you talk to a fan of the rivalry, he went through the history of, you know, their losses. And and he said, you know, I, I was here the day that Denard Robinson ran crazy on us, and we couldn't stop him. And you just knew that as soon as the ball got in his hands that, that we were in trouble. He goes, thing is, the last, you know, five years watching you guys, you haven't had any dangerous weapons on offense. And it was interesting because, you know, I, I had a similar exchange. You know, I was, I was in the press box and uh, had an exchange with John Bacon. And I said, you know, we were heading into the fourth quarter, and I said, you know, it just seems like we're dead. And he said, yeah, but, you know, fourth quarter – Fourth quarter magic, you know, Michigan-Notre Dame. And, and I said, yeah, but there's nobody. You know, he was mentioning that, that great night game at uh, Michigan Stadium where Michigan looked dead for, for most of the game and then had that magic in the last couple of minutes. And I said, yeah, but there's nobody on that offense like Denard Robinson now. There's tons of talent on the defense, but there's no explosive, dominant talent. And I think, you know, you could go back. Through the years, there's no Mike Hart, there's no Braylon Edwards, there's no, um, you know, Denard Robinson. There's nobody who can take, you know, take the game, put it on their back, and, and, and just dominate. And and I think that that, you know, between the two conversations, you know, you have somebody who's an expert in, in Michigan and, and, you know, an opponent. It was funny that they both kind of, you know, brought up, highlighted similar things that, you know, the offense just, you know, the word is anemic. And you hope that, you know, I wonder, I'm watching Shea Patterson, and I was, you know, as he was under fire out there, I, I wondered if he regretted coming to Michigan. Um, so just, again, you know, you have a, there's a lot of work that needs to be done. It's a long season um, Michigan has some games here, has a stretch where they can get healthy before, you know, they're going to have a, a murderer's row of Penn State, Michigan State, and Wisconsin. Um, and they definitely have to figure some things out before that stretch. And, and again, you, know, you look at it, it, it comes down to, you know, you need more consistent play on the offensive line. You can't run if you can't block. Um, you know, for all the times Karan Higdon ran yesterday, 
Um, you know, I knew that that we, you know, I, I didn't watch the stats, you know, throughout the game, but so, and I knew we weren't getting a lot of yards. But for how often he ran, you know, he he ran the ball twenty one times, and mm-hmm. I thought, oh, he's got to be close to a hundred just because of the mere, just because of how many times he ran. And then you look, and it's like, oh my gosh, twenty one for seventy two yards, and and again, you know. So you, you can't you're not generating any any consistent ground you know yards on the ground. I mean, Michigan fish, finished with 58 yards by the time you take into account you know the sacks. And you know the the other interesting thing that that uh, the Notre Dame guy pointed out is he goes well, he goes you guys couldn't block and you couldn't pass, so we started cheating up and made it even harder. And there right. there was no time. You know, I don't know, you know, I, I've, I've watched the game, and we're going to have to see how things, um, you know, shake out in the next couple weeks, but I wasn't real impressed by the uh, receiver routes, and you don't know how much that was influenced by um, Tariq Black being, you know, out at the last minute, but again, they had a week to, a week to practice, um, so again, you look at it, and you know, I, offensively, I don't know what you hang your hat on. Um, it appears the defense, you know, got a little better at the end. But, you know, as soon as you spot with this offense, I mean, it looked a lot like last year. If you spot anybody 14 points, you're going to be in trouble with, with the offense as we've seen it. And I think that's exactly, you know, how watching the game. <laughs> that certainly is true because they just don't score the touchdowns. One touchdown isn't enough. One offensive touchdown is not enough. The special teams scored as, you know, uh, that special teams run by Ambry, uh, by Thomas, uh, kept us in the ball game. That happened at a, at a, at a real nice time. But still they didn't seem to grab momentum. They never were in charge of that game. And it wasn't because they weren't trying. They were hustling out there. There was some hitting. People were cramping up because uh, of the humid conditions. And, and uh, But we are so slow between plays. Um, Notre Dame ran their plays much faster than we did. And I think that Quick tempo is something that is bad for Michigan's defense. And we did not blitz in the first half much. And unless we blitz, we don't seem to, the defense doesn't seem to prosper. The difference in the second half was what they were, they came at him all the time. But he possibly doesn't want to do that for a whole game. But uh, I don't understand the failure of the defense because I really thought that truly uh, was our big benefit, our, our, the thing that we could hold over Notre Dame the whole game. And it, it wasn't there in the first half. It was terrible. You know, and again, if, if you look just at the stat line, um, they averaged, both teams averaged 4.4 yards per play. Both teams ran exactly 69 plays. Both teams, again, 307 yards for Michigan, 302 yards for Notre Dame. You know, and looking down the stat line, if I were to tell you, well, one team had a had a huge kickoff return for a touchdown, you would guess, looking at the stat line, that that was 
the difference in the game. I mean, it, it's eerie looking at the stats, Andy. It's, you know, 20 first downs for Michigan, 21 for Notre Dame. Uh, it, it, it is kind of, I mean, it, it's funny. You just look, go down the thing. Now, of course, the difference is uh, Michigan, you know, turned the ball over twice, but Notre Dame turned the ball over once. They won the time. They won the time of possession. So, again, it's weird. I mean, even the penalties, Michigan had seven and Notre Dame had four. That's not a, a, a huge differential. But it sure didn't feel like that when you're watching the game. I mean, you could say, I'm sure that, that if you looked at the stats broken out by half, that Michigan, quote-unquote, dominated the second half. But but when you're in the hole that much, um, you know, and I'll tell you, if I'm Notre Dame, I don't know how much of that is, you know, you just you just coast because you know you, you, you know you have the lead and you really didn't have to concern yourself with Michigan's surging. Again, if you, if you take away that, that seven points from the kickoff return. Um, so it's just disappointing. Um, you know, I think if you if you'd asked me, if you told me Michigan's going to lose by seven, how would it happen? I, I'd write a story, and it wouldn't be like what we saw. But, but what I mean, again, to, to be down, to, uh, you know, 21-10 at halftime, um, uh, they're lucky, lucky that uh, you know it didn't it didn't get far worse. So you yeah. you just look yeah. and you you wonder, you know, how things could have been can been very different. And uh, you know, again, Michigan has that big kickoff return, and you know they come out in the second half and it looks like they're driving and and they you know they they you know end up in the whole end up in the whole third quarter with with, with just a field goal. And it's just, right. you know, again, you, you really watching it. You had the feel that they, there was something building in the second half, and it just, it just all, you know, kind of fell apart. So, again, it, you know, they they have Western Michigan coming up this week, and a chance to hopefully get healthy. But, uh, you know, I, again, I think you know we beat this into the ground. Harbaugh has not had his signature win yet. This was an opportunity with a, a national audience to, uh, you know, make a statement. The statement wasn't very good. And, you know, one thing that bothers me, Andy, is there is a perception that if you acknowledge that we're not where we hoped we would be heading into Harbaugh's fourth season, somehow you're disloyal. And, and I... You know, there's a, well, you're either with us or against us. And I'm like, listen, I can be with you and still be disappointed. And, and that's kind of that's kind of where I'm yeah. at is, you know, I, I think I that that's I fair. I don't think Harbaugh, I think Harbaugh will admit tomorrow at the press conference that they're not where he thought they were either. I don't think he'd be the Lone Ranger if you said that he didn't think that the Wolverines were were up to the task and where we thought they all would be, and I don't think Harbaugh thinks that either. I think he probably took this this loss pretty hard, uh, too, because I don't think this was unexpected from from what I heard from the staff, from the players, from everybody. I certainly couldn't measure that they were going to play this poorly, and they did play poorly. They made mistakes at inconvenient times, the penalties, and the, they just... They just didn't seem to have a whole lot of confidence in themselves or in what they could do. 
and they certainly, it was a winnable game at the end, and they, again, just like last year, the offense couldn't move the ball when it counted, and the defense had given up too many points in the first half. So it was a losing combination, and the bad part of it is is that they're not going to have another premier game until Michigan State. So it's going to be a while before we know whether they really have revitalized things and how good they really can get this year for a long time. Because how much are you going to learn from the Broncos? It's sort of a no-win situation, and they're a good, a good MAC team, but they're still a MAC team. So if you beat them, it's expected for University of Michigan and so on, right up until Michigan State. But we'll see. I'll pay for the tickets, although I might have a little more trouble selling mine now than I thought I would uh, when I envisaged how this thing would be at the first of the year. Well, the thing I took from it is, you can't believe anything or put too much stock in anything you hear from camp. You know, and this was this was my point that, you know, I've been saying the last couple of weeks is, you know, oh, I hear Shea Patterson is amazing in, in camp. Well, maybe he is, but it doesn't matter. What matters is what, well, we, right. it matters what we saw, you know. And, uh, yeah. again, there's a lot of work to do. You know that this team has a lot of pride and – you know, they do have plenty of time to, to get work things out, but like you said, you really gotta, you gotta finish strong. And that's something they haven't been able to do. So, but good news is we'll be there watching. So that's gonna do it for this edition of the UMGoBlue.com podcast. This is Phil Callahan along with Andy Anderson. Go Blue. Thank you for listening to the UMGoBlue.com podcast. All rights reserved. Search for UMGoBlue.com on iTunes. Go Blue.